Hey everyone, my name is Michelle and welcome to Romcom Weekly. Today, my friend Valerie is back on the podcast and we're talking about the movie To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Hello, Val. Hello, hello. Thank you so much once again for joining me <laughs> and talking to me about rom-coms. I love these, so I'm happy to be back. Thank <laughs> you for having me back. So a few things about this movie. It was released on Netflix in August of 2018. It's directed by Susan Johnson. It's based on a book written by Jenny Han, and it stars Lana Condor and Noah Centineo. The IMDb.com summary is, a teenage girl's secret love letters are exposed and wreak havoc on her love life. It has a 7.1 on IMDb, and since it's a Netflix film, there's no box office numbers. But apparently, To All the Boys I've Loved Before is one of Netflix's most viewed original films ever. Oh. So there's that. But yeah, let's dive in. So Val, on a scale from 1 to 10, what would you rate this movie? I actually gave it a seven, which is pretty spot on to the IMDb rating, which is kind of surprising to me. Okay, seven. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So I'm actually giving this a little bit higher of a score. I now I'm second guessing my score. <laughs> I'm giving it an 8.4. Okay. I am intrigued to hear what you have to say. But let's start off with, you know, what is your relationship with this movie? And why did you decide to choose this film to talk about? My relationship. I'm pretty sure I watched this like as soon as it was released in 2018, <laughs> which I can't believe it's 2018 at this point. Right. It is definitely one of my favorite Netflix movies, let alone mm -hmm. rom-com. Netflix rom-com movies, I should say. I love some of the themes in the movie. I love that it's a multiracial family and couple. I love the actors and actresses. I do really enjoy the movie. So to justify my seven, my rating of seven, I do really enjoy it. I would have rated it higher if I were judging it just based on, let's call it young adult rom-com, if there is such a genre. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think in general as a rom-com, I would give it a, that's my justification of why it might be a little bit lower than, say, an 8.4. Okay. I, I can get on board with that thought process. I agree with you. This, for me, is like one of the better Netflix rom-coms. Mm -hmm. This is a very rewatchable film yes. for me. I'm also similar to you. I think I saw this like the second this came out in 2018, which is kind of crazy that it's already been like two and a half years ago yeah. since this movie came out. And I was kind of like thinking about why I like this movie so much. And I, I think a lot of it has to do, you know, obviously we're going to get to a lot of things later, but... Like, on a broad sense, I think this brought me back to my teenage years, but, like, in a good way. You know, I think a lot of times when I see teenage films, like, raunchy comedies, it's, it's a little bit, like, cringeworthy. Yeah. But for me, this was kind of like a nice, like, fantasy of what 16 could have been like. Totally. In modern times. Mm -hmm. It's also, like, maybe how I would have fantasized myself to be at 16. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's obviously not how I was when I was 16. I was 16 many, many years ago. So, you know, this is kind of coming from someone who, as like a legit adult, really enjoying <laughs> this YA story. And I have no shame about it. I'm going to lean into this. Uh huh. But yeah, it's just like a really fun, endearing, warm, comforting movie for me. Yes, I 100 support that. I know what you're saying. There are some other maybe YA or films that are about high schoolers that are totally cringeworthy or ones that I can't relate to. And I am allegedly an adult and I relate <laughs> to this one also. Like I, I wish I were, you know, like it, it does transport me to another day, another life. Like I still would love this fantasy too on my current mm -hmm. life, on my current adult life. Yeah. And you know, like if we can like kind of just put ourselves in the mindset of 2018 also, random note, like Crazy Rich Asians had also just come out like around the same time. Oh, good point. Like, for context, obviously, Crazy Rich Asians being all Asian cast, and then mm -hmm. Lana Condor being cast as Laura Jean Covey. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Representation matters. All these things. Mm -hmm. But separate note is that in 2018, I don't feel like Netflix was coming out with a lot of uh, original rom-coms. Mm -hmm. So I think this movie kind of put rom-coms back on the map, so to speak. I love it. And especially on a streaming service. Yeah, yeah. 
I think since 2018, like we, you and I, we talked about Set It Up. That yep. came out. Yeah. Obviously, the all the boys sequel came out. Kissing Booth and the Kissing Booth sequel also came out. Yeah. Yeah. There's just like a lot of other rom coms now that Netflix has an original Netflix film, which right is interesting in a way. So this is one of the fir- one of the beginning ones. From my memory, I feel like it's one of the first. That sounds right, but man, they killed it in the beginning. Yeah, that's why I think like. I have a soft spot for this movie, but mm-hmm. let's kind of talk more specifically. What are some other things that you like about this movie? I really liked, like you said, the representation. I also loved, I mean, specific to this multiracial family, it's half Asian. Mm-hmm. I love that this family is so close. Like both you and I come from really close families. And I love that this family is so close. They have meals together and these girls, these sisters are really close. They're close to their dad. The sisters look out for each other. They hate each other. They love each other. Like, I just, I loved the family themes in there. Mm-hmm. I really liked the fact that the couple, Peter and, and LJ and Lara Jean, are multiracial as well. And I loved the, to your earlier point about it being based on high schoolers, like, I loved the innocence of it. Rewatching it made me just, like, re-love mm-hmm. this innocence and how, and especially Lara Jean. Lara Jean's very innocent in a very, like, lovable way. But overall, like just these things that these kids worry about, I love that that I love that that's like their biggest concern, <laughs> like whether you're popular, who you kissed and spin the bottle, like those kinds of things that might be silly in retrospect, but like they were a huge deal when you're going through it. Yeah, that's a really good point. So I was also trying to like dig a little deeper and reflect in my own mind it's like why this movie speaks to me so much mm-hmm. you know as I was typing up my notes I was like I there's a long list of things of why I like this movie and when I was thinking about the character of Laura Jean yes you know obviously she's an Asian American woman which you and I obviously identify with on that mere fact it's kind of cool just to see another girl who looks like us on on screen this way mm-hmm. but I liked like the character herself she's not this popular girl she's kind of shy she's introverted But it's very normal. It's a very normalized depiction of this very normal American girl who's just living through high school Mm. and has all these crushes on boys. And there are a lot of other teen dramas out there. Like, and I don't watch any of them. Like, I know Euphoria and um, uh, Riverdale, right? Like, these are all kind of like teen-focused dramas. But even though I haven't seen them, I know that they're like on the grittier side. Like, Euphoria is about teenage drug use. And Riverdale, I don't know. There's like... A lot of interweaving love stories, I think. Mm. But what I like about Laura Jean and her story is that, like, she's kind of... Like, this was kind of how my high school experience was. Like, I wasn't drinking and doing drugs in high school. I was... I see what you're what saying. What I think is very normal. Like, just thinking about boys, trying to get by in school, trying to get good grades. Right. Hanging out with my family and my friends. Like, so in a way, I think that LJ is relatable because... That's kind of how I was in school, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to your point, you just got me thinking, she also wasn't stereotypically Asian as well, which some films play up. Right. You know, she was just like this normal girl just Mm -hmm. living life. And the fact that she's an Asian American is just part of her character. That doesn't define who she is. But yeah, I, I just really, similar to you, yeah, the character of Peter Kavinsky, I could talk on and on about him. I love Peter. (laughs) He's so good. Played by (laughs) Noah Centineo. (laughs) This is like such a tender story, and I think that's why I have a weird heart for it. It's just so sweet. Mm-hmm. Peter Kavinsky is, I think they're supposed to be 16 or 17 years old, like juniors in high school. Yeah. But he plays like this incredibly emotionally available and mature <laughs> guy. Like, what? And I totally understand that this is not a normal depiction of a teenager. Who is like this popular, yeah, cute jock and like well liked by everyone? But yeah, he's just so self aware. Oh my gosh, I love that description because it's so <laughs> accurate. Yes. Oh my gosh, I think Noah's like what? What? How old is he in real life? Oh, that's a good question. I think he's like they can't be more than twenty five. Yeah, I think he's, he's like twenty four. Oh, I thought he was younger than that. But yeah, I would. Mm, Noah is beautiful. Wait, sorry. Can we go back though? Why eight point four specifically? That's a good question. I, I really waffled on this score. Like when I first started thinking about my notes, I was like, oh, seven. But then I was like, you know what? There's actually a lot more that I like that I don't like about this movie. Mm-hmm. So that's why I bumped it up to an eight. And then I was like, uh, I, I think I was just scared to give it an 8.5. Yeah. So I just went 8.4. That's fair. But yeah, I just found myself just 
wishing and wanting a Peter Kavinsky when I was 16 years old? Uh, I wish I have a Peter <laughs> Kavinsky currently, right now. That's what's so funny about this, is that like you and I were definitely not close to 16, but yet we still really long for these kinds of like comforting, warm, wholesome teen stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just this weird phenomenon, I think. Uh-huh. I'm all for it. They're so cute. They're so charming. I can go on and on about this, but I do want to agree with you about what you said about the family and the sisters mm-hmm. and their relationship. I mm-hmm. mean, I know, you know, you have a sister and a younger brother. I only have a younger brother and I don't have a sister. So I kind of, whenever I watch these depictions of sisters on film, I always get kind of envious. I'm always like, man, they're so close. They love each other. You know, they could fight, but they always make up. There's this unconditional love. And like, there's this weird, or not weird, there's just a different type of intimacy between sisters that I don't know if brothers and sisters have. Mm -hmm. So I just loved being able to see that on screen and feeling like living vicariously through Laura Jean and this relationship she has with her sisters. Mm -hmm. So sweet. It is really sweet. I didn't think about that. But yeah, my relationship with Viv is very different from my relationship with Kyle. Mm. Well, I know I have a long list of things I like, but let's move on (laughs) to things we don't like about this movie. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start? Sure. It's a short list. (laughs) Mm. I didn't really like Margot. Oh, interesting. As a person. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) She... I mean, I think it started off in the beginning where I did not really understand why she got so mad at her boyfriend, Josh, Mm. for buying the plane ticket, which is a really sweet and thoughtful thing. I I don't really understand if she was upset because they didn't talk about it at first, but it's just – or like she doesn't like being surprised, but I didn't understand why she got, one, so upset, and two, felt that was reason enough to break up with him. I understand that she might have had this plan all along to start college without a boyfriend, but – that just kind of rubbed me the wrong I, I was confused as to why she was so angry mm. from the very beginning. And then throughout the movie, I just didn't, I, I just didn't really care for Margot. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think if I have a problem with her. And I agree with you. I do think it's strange. Like the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, why is she reacting so against Josh right. uh, for buying this plane ticket? Right. Yeah. It, it was a very strong reaction. And I, I kind of just went with it, I think. Mm-hmm. But Interesting. Okay. I don't, I don't know if I have those same feelings as you about Margot. Yeah. Maybe it's her. Maybe it's the actress. I just didn't care for Margot really throughout the, the film. Mm. Yeah. But along the same lines, I also didn't really like that. It's, it's not a deal breaker for me, but I didn't like that the three actresses for the girls, like none of them look alike. And <laughs> at least Lara Jean does not look half Asian. Maybe Kitty, maybe Margot. And I love Lana Condor, but I but she doesn't look half to me, which is really nitpicky. That's really interesting that you say that because the first time I watched this, I think I was just so excited to see Asian women on screen. Yeah. Um. So I didn't really think about it too much, and I kind of put my disbelief aside really, really early on in the movie because yes, the characters of the sisters are supposed to be biracial. Mom is supposed to be Korean or Korean American and dad is Caucasian. Mm -hmm. So you see the sisters, you're like, they look nothing alike. And Mm -hmm. also why is Laura Jean fully Asian? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Yes. So I, I understand. And I know a lot of people have kind of quote unquote problems with the casting of this. Oh, okay. For me, I don't really care. Um, and I don't seem to mind, it doesn't, hurt the story for me in any way. Yeah. But I I did some reading on this movie and a lot of people have very passionate feelings about this, you know, as you and I were Asian American women, uh, Lana Condor is actually Vietnamese American. Oh, and she's adopted. I did know that part. Yeah. And so like the, the character of Lara Jean is supposed to be Korean American and she's supposed to be biracial. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of conversations surrounding the fact that a Lana Condor, the actress is not Korean American. Right. And then also, B, she's not biracial. So, like, what the heck? So I I see those quote-unquote issues that people have. But for me, it didn't bother me. And I don't know why. I don't want to say it bothered me. Same thing. It didn't didn't take away from my experience with the movie or what I thought of the movie. It was just something that I noticed. Yeah, that's fair. Similarly to that, is that none of the male love interests are Asian. 
Mm -hmm. So this is also coming from a perspective of like, oh, at least we have an Asian woman on screen. But yet, how come none of the boys that she likes at school are Asian guys? Yes. So there's this whole other conversation that I've also kind of read a little bit about is that, you know, of course I would have loved to have one of the crushes be Asian American. Yeah. And Jenny Han, the writer, did face some some blowback for not writing an Asian American character in her book. Mm -hmm. But she like couldn't back it up. She was like, this is just the story I told. And of course, we would love to see more Asian American males on screen. But this just wasn't her story. So there's a lot of disappointment, I think, that there are no Asian American love interests for Lara Jean, who's Asian American. And I, I, I get that. But I think because I loved the character Peter so much, I know. I also was like, mm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I feel kind of bad saying it, to be no, honest. No, yeah, I, I'm with you. I have two thoughts about that. One, I could totally see myself questioning if they had put in an Asian or Asian American male counterpart, I think I would be like, well, why does, why does Lara Jean only get to fall in love with another Asian? Like, why can't she get a mm-hmm. white guy? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think I would question that. It's like, you know, we're never happy. Two, right. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Did the author, what's her name? Jenny, Jenny Han? Jenny Han. Mm-hmm. Did she specify the ethnicity in the book of any of the characters? So I actually have read the books, but I read them years ago when they came out mm-hmm. or when the movies came out. Sorry. I think she describes some of the characters as like with blonde hair and like blue eyes. Okay. So I don't know if it's ever explicitly said their ethnicity. Right. But I think just by the description of the characters, there are no Asian people. And then also side note is that Lucas, who plays Laura Jean's friend and also gets a letter Yes. But he says that he's gay. Right. He's played by a, a black guy in this movie. Yeah. But he's not black in the book. Okay. I recognize that they're trying to diversify the casting of these boys that she likes. And then again, this is like from reading that, that I've done in my research is that a lot of people are upset that they kind of lumped Lucas to be black and gay, which is like, you know, mm. why did he have to be the guy? Because he's gay, he's already like a non-starter for Laura Jean. But then did he also have to be black? Like, Man, I didn't think about that. Yeah, like, these are not things that I personally, like, paid attention to when I first saw this movie. Yeah. But after thinking about it, watching it over and over again, and then reading the discourse, the conversations that people are having, like, mm-hmm. I can understand why people are upset. Yeah. But strictly as a movie, I still stand by my score, and I still mm-hmm. stand by my strong feelings about it. But I just want to acknowledge that I see and I hear why people are potentially upset by certain choices that they made in this movie. I agree. It is, I'm 100% with you. D- one last question about it. In the book, uh, did they specify that the Cubby family was half Asian, half Korean? They did, yes. Okay, got it. Yeah, so I think because it was stated in the book that she's biracial, and then she to not be biracial in the movie was a little kind of confusing, I think, for some Ooh. people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, like these are decisions that I, you know, that are happening when you make a movie. I think that this happens a lot in all kinds of movies. But I think because this is like maybe one of the first where it's an Asian American female lead, there's a lot more conversation surrounding this. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. But similar to you, my my list of dislikes are very short. And I was really trying to find something to not like about this movie. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. So I asked my husband, Frank. I was like, <laughs> Frank, what were your problems with this movie? And he flat out was just like, like, the character of Peter Kavinsky is just so unrealistic. He was like, I feel like I'm being held to a standard played by a 17-year-old boy yeah. who is not real. And I just think it's funny because I wonder if like some people who watch this and see Peter Kavinsky... They're just like, wow, this is like, it's unrealistic, which I get. You know, like a lot of these rom-coms are unrealistic. Yeah, I know. Fine. But I do want to say that if I were 16 and watching this movie, this might warp my sense of reality. Why can't I find, you know, where's my Peter Kavinsky? But now that I'm, you know, in my 30s and, you know, I'm married and I fully realize like this is not what life is like as a 16 year old uh-huh i feel like i can differentiate but if i were 16 it might be a harder time for me to do that does that make sense it, it does make sense but would that be necessarily a bad thing wouldn't that just mean then that these kids have just higher expectations for <laughs> for boys that are 
that are that's a good point. <laughs> athletic, handsome, and super caring and romantic. And right, there's available. hope for them, right? Something there's to strive hope. for. Something to strive for. There's a bar, ladies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not like that spin on it. To be honest, can't find anything else I don't like about this movie. I'm with you. It's a short list. Love it. <laughs> Moving right along, <laughs> you mentioned themes. But I, I want to confess that I didn't actually take away any deep themes from this movie. Mm-hmm. You did mention family, which, yes, yes uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I, I kind of was like, oh, this, hmm. I don't think I, I'm reaching for this movie <laughs> for the deep themes, you know. I'm, I think I'm reaching for this movie to kind of escape into this mind of a 16-year-old girl. Yeah. I came up with Opposites Attract. Yeah. Laura Jean is this seemingly shy and introverted girl, and she ends up with this popular jock. And, you know, it works. It does work. I I will say, though, even though Laura Jean is introverted, like, she stands up for herself, which I think Peter might have made a comment about. But, like, she stands up to Jen. She kind of, like, tosses it back at her, and she might not think that she is. I think it's when they're in the diner, right? When he's saying that, and she's like, and Peter's like, I, I love that you don't, you're not scared by mm. Jen. She's like, no, no, I am. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he, but she doesn't show it, and I, I do really like that. Even though she is introverted, she just, she stands up for herself. A thousand percent. That's actually one of my bullet points about why I love the character of LJ so much, and I mm-hmm. totally just forgot to say that. Mm-hmm. It's a great depiction of someone who I think maybe we associate shy people to maybe feel to be insecure. But she's not that at all. Mm -mm. She is shy, but she's also very secure in who she is. I mean, of course, she has self-doubt. Who doesn't? Right. But she advocates for herself. She stands up for herself. And even, like, at the end, when Peter is like, oh, you know, let me talk to Jen. I know she leaked the video. LJ's like, no, this is my fight. Right. I'll confront her. And I'm like, yes, girl. Mm -hmm. Like, you got this. Like, fight your own fights. And she confronts her herself, which is... A huge step. Uh, Yeah, I I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, yeah, please don't fight that battle for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm similar to you. Yeah, but like props to Lara Jean for being that girl. Like, I I loved that about her. She's a good one. She's a good one. And then I thought about like the character of LJ. Like she thinks she's invisible. I don't know. I was like, does this theme of invisibility have more legs to it? Do we sometimes think that we might be insignificant or inconsequential, but in reality, we have more of an impact than we actually think? You know, I don't know that was a theme necessarily, but I Mm -hmm. was just like, oh, you know, this is something that LJ thinks about. And I think she kind of comes to realize, like, she's not as invisible as she thought she was. Yes. Which I liked. I I do like that, too. Although her confrontation with Jen in the bathroom... Because mm-hmm. that's when it comes out, right? Jen's like, that was a lot to me. <laughs> In fact, the spin the bottle. I took that to be, because I, I, I noticed that when then Lara Jean was like, oh, maybe I'm not as invisible as I thought. I was like, I get that that realization. But I also think Jen was also just being very petty, as, you know, mm. a lot of teenagers do. Are. Hmm. I'm trying to put myself back into a 16-year-old me's shoes. And it's kind of hard, I got to say, like, I'm so glad I'm not 16 again, Mm -hmm. but if I were to be 16, this is kind of how, like, I kind of fantasize it to be. Like, oh, yeah, these letters get out, and the popular guy gets a letter, and turns out he likes me, too. A hundred percent. Like, what? Like, yeah, can we we live through that reality of being 16? Again, I wouldn't mind if that happened to me now. Like, (laughs) let's have the, like, popular person in my, in my, like, social circle now. Let's right, pretend right, something right. now. Like, um, sign me up. Have you ever written love letters before? I was thinking about this, actually, and I <laughs> wanted to ask you, too. I have not. I love that part of this movie. It makes me want to. I have no one to write it to, but it makes me, like, <laughs> I love it. I love the idea. What about you? Have you? I don't think I've written love letters. I may have, like, dabbled in, like, writing in my journal and, like, it kind of morphed into poetry at some point. But, like, oh, not actual letters. That seems, like, very bold. I don't know if I could have done that. It is bold, I think. I like it in that I imagine it. Well, yes, like you said, it's very bold. But I imagine it's very freeing into mm. in getting something down in words and communicating something that directly. Because in it being that bold, like, you, you have to admit things. 
as you're writing it down. Admit it and I guess if it's like realistic or not, but like admit it as if you were going to send this to that person. But I guess that was the whole point of art. Like it would never go out. That's a really, I like the way that you phrased that is that, yeah, it's bold. I do think that Lara Jean, again, like to her character, like she's great and strong and to be able to confront your feelings and to write them down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely like credit to that. Yeah. And I also do one last thing about the letters. I do. I like the idea, which is why I also love this idea of writing love letters is I like this idea of a fantasy of being able to craft your own fantasy in this letter too, mm. whatever that may be. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point too. Is that like, also, I feel like it's like a snapshot in time too. I'm just, again, I'm trying to put myself in a 16 year old. Hey, that's self. a good point too. It is a snapshot. What were the thoughts I had when I loved this person so much, what mm-hmm. I thought was love. Yeah. She's kind of in this fantasy world because she loves to read fantasy books, these yeah. romance books. So I think that's kind of like, her inspiration and what drives her in her feelings. But oh, that's a really good point. I, I like how you described it as a snapshot because the <laughs> this is so depressing because it's so dorky. <laughs> but the only time where I've like really wanted to write something because it was driven by passion is I wanted to write something actually years ago about this company I worked for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that I loved and I really loved that company and my experience there and I wanted to write something about it but I just I never did I never sat down and wrote it and years have passed that it just I wouldn't mm. be able to find the right words to write about it and I'm I like I wish I had because it is a snapshot wow I feel like every point that we bring up just kind of like it brings me to other thoughts too because it. that's a really really good point because I think like there's something to be said about writing down your feelings. And I, I yeah. growing up, I, I was someone who journaled a lot and I did write a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think it got overwhelming to a certain point where it's like, mm-hmm. I have to confront my, as you mentioned, like Lara Jean confronts her feelings. And if I were to like put pen to paper, that means I have to confront my feelings and recognize certain things about myself that I might not have thought, mm-hmm. right? And like, it maybe sometimes it's harder to actually write how you feel than to just feel what you feel. Oh my gosh. Am I being so esoteric right now? Like, does this make any sense? A hundred (laughs) percent. It it, it makes total sense. You're also writing it down. It's permanent then, right? Like it's for you to look back on better or for worse, but it it is, it's, it's, um, it has, it could have a lasting effect. Yeah, absolutely. I think from from what I'm gathering from this conversation that we're having right now is that I need to write more, I guess. I had the exact same <laughs> epiphany. I'm like, do I need to like start journaling? Do I need to start writing things down? We've gone through a really weird year, 2020. Yeah. Now we're yeah. in 2021. Shit's weird. Mm-hmm. Everyone's feeling different feelings. Yeah. Everything's valid to feel. So it's like, yeah, we should write all our feelings down. As I said, like snapshot in time. Right. We're going to look back at this time of our lives and just being like, whoa, that was really weird. So question, you said you journal. Do you ever go back and reread? That's the thing is that I rarely do that. Right. Because it's usually written out of passion or anger, right? Or like these really, really strong emotions. But Mm -hmm. this kind of took a turn. I know. Now I'm just (laughs) thinking about about... journaling techniques. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yep. But there's something to be said about Laura Jean being able to confront her feelings and her emotions. Right. Like in in the movie, like she narrates just like what I do when I feel these really, really strong feelings that she thinks that she has no power over and can't do anything about. She writes it down. Yeah. I like that. I I, I like that. Yeah. Same. Because how else do you how else does it manifest? You know, exactly. You know, and one other thing I do want to say that I think I relate to LJ about is that she's a teenager and she's kind of escaping into these books that she loves to read about romance and all these things. And I kind of identified, I was like, oh, when I was 16, I was throwing myself into rom-coms. Yeah. Clearly this still is. I I know. I still read books like that so that I can escape into another world, another character. Exactly. And that in and of itself is so relatable is because like when you're 16, like you're very confined to you know, the school you go to, the friends you have, Mm -hmm. your family. And I mean, like when I was 16, there was no social media. So Mm -hmm. like the world was a little bit smaller for me when I was 16. But now like things are different. Yeah, that's true. But just thinking about being 16 and not having a lot of freedoms to do things, 
you're not making your own money, more or less, right? Mm-hmm. You're living at home with parents who probably make the rules. Yeah, I needed something to escape into. And for me, rom-coms have been that for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I'm with you. That's how I choose books to read today. <laughs> mm. Do I want to be transported into this world? Yes, let's buy it. <laughs> Wait, so do you read romance books? I will read anything that is fiction uh-huh. and dramatic. <laughs> Interesting. I actually don't think I've ever read a romance novel before. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. We've got to share <laughs> I guess they haven't really been, at least the ones that have come to my mind, they're not outright romance, mm. but they deal with like family drama. Yeah, I'll share my list with you. Oh, yeah, please do. I'm very, I'm very intrigued. All right, well, let's go back to the themes of this movie. (laughs) Are there other uh, concepts that you took away or did we cover them all? So I'm with you. I had to like think about this one because I just Mm. love how lighthearted the movie was and I'm happy with that. So I had to think about it. But I jotted down a couple. One was you have to be true to yourself, which we saw that with. uh, We've been talking about it, but we we saw that with Lara Jean, really mostly. Mm -hmm. And then the second one was to be open to love, which... Mm. This applies to both Lara Jean and Peter, but I guess specifically to Lara Jean about how she, like, she made those comments also about the more people you love, the more people who can walk out on you or who can hurt you. And that's pretty big. And I didn't notice it, you know, the first time. Good points. I'm thinking about being open to love. And Mm -hmm. again, LJ and Peter, I think what makes this relationship work for me even though they are teenagers and like each other's like first true loves probably I'm kind of sold on it because I think that they relate to each other on a deeper level than what we're probably used to seeing like oh they're just really cute no substance but for me I feel like both these characters find the substance within the other person Mm -hmm. LJ is very hurt and feels empty by the death of her mom And Peter also feels maybe slightly abandoned and lonely by his dad leaving the family. Yeah. So they're able to have that kind of common ground and talk about that. And I don't know if at 16, I would have been able to have that emotional bandwidth to Mm. like, that's not my life story, you know, like, I don't relate to that subject necessarily, but I liked that they were able to find that in each other. I'd like to think that both of us were emotionally mature, even at age 16, that we would be able to comment on something like that. I would hope so. <laughs> to find a male counterpart who would do that. That's the challenge. That's, that's the challenge. Yeah. I think these themes of like being true to yourself and being open to love, like they're evergreen. Everyone, like any age, no matter what your yeah. upbringing is, where you come from, your ethnicity, any of this. Like, yeah. It always applies. Yeah. It always applies. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I overlook the really broad, big ones. But yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to favorite scenes. Okay. Yeah. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. Okay. I have, I have several. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love the Golden Girls marathon they're having that Lara Jean mm. and Kitty have on that Saturday night because that's adorable. That's one, adorable. Two, something that I would do with my siblings. Yeah. Three, I love that the conversation then ensued afterwards. Kitty's like, I turned down like five different friend <laughs> groups like to hang out with you. And Larchie's like, well, like, I love Golden Girls and I love you. Like, I, like you know, it was like, yeah. no, duh, I would do this with you. And I, I just really loved the innocence of it and the activity itself. Yeah. Again, like that just really, really sweet sister relationship mm-hmm. is like very pronounced and also just lj again she's just like so comfortable in her own skin just being That's like true. yeah yeah i don't care that i'm not popular but like i'm doing what makes me happy and i yes. get to do it with you know my sister and simple joys Simple joys that's a good point she is very comfortable and that was a, that's a great example of it yeah good scene yeah another one of my favorite scenes and it goes to the innocence of lj and of the movie how they had to put the contract together in those, mm. like, you know, benches outside of school, which brought me back because it's like oh, hanging out on benches outside, like by the track. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. On the bleachers on the and bleachers, like picnic tables. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when's the last time you hung out on some bleachers? I know, right? <laughs> I love LJ's, like, how she said kissing is like, it's not negotiable. And I just love that she. Also, to your point of, like, she stands up. Like, she she's very comfortable. She's confident. Mm-hmm. She's like, I, I don't want my firsts to be 
fake and Mm -hmm. and my mind is set and that's it let's move on i love that about her love that about her and i love that she documented it like that's some nerdy shit that i would do like (laughs) let's write this down and you sign and i sign (laughs) and we have to handshake afterwards and we have to handshake (laughs) so cute I i love it i love it Another one of my favorite scenes, obviously, is the mm-hmm. hot tub because it's so <laughs> hot and steamy, and I love it. I love it. I love it. Like, obviously, I would fantasize about that as a 16-year-old, but obviously, I fantasize about it currently. Like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> you know, that scene is really... I think you said it right. Like, you fantasized it, but you also, like, still fantasize about it, right? Like, Uh-huh. It's, like, 100% unrealistic, <laughs> but I still love it. <laughs> it's just so endearing that, like, Peter is mm-hmm. playing this kind of coy, like, if I wanted you to sit next to me on the bus, what does that mean? And if I went across town to get your favorite yogurt drink, what does that mean? And LJ just, like, still doesn't know, get it. I know. Love that scene. Yeah, and how LJ was still, like, like you said, like, still, like, kind of innocent, kind of connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And I also just love that she was, like, still herself, and he's like, you're going to get into the pool? She's like, I didn't bring a bathing suit. Like, yeah. it was still her throughout that whole scene. I love yeah. it. <sighs> love that scene. I also <laughs> love all of the, which we touched on, like, all the real conversations that the two had at the diner at Peter's house, like, afterwards, just speaking about their parents and how they can relate with each other and it's Mm -hmm. like you said it's not something that peter could like talk to with somebody else so i I, yeah i like those oh man this was hard for me too like when i sat down to think about it i it was really really hard for me to pick like one or two or three favorite scenes Mm -hmm. just because i think everything about this movie really works for me that's true your question was singular i gave you like five different scenes (laughs) (laughs) Which I really appreciate because (laughs) I agree with you. All those scenes were great. And like they really kind of show the characterization again of like how much I like these characters. Mine are kind of like silly and like very like the romantic in me is the scene when Peter goes to LJ's house, but then Josh randomly shows up and and like tries to like... Get Peter to leave, and I know. I don't know the whole Josh thing. I don't. We haven't really even talked about Josh yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah. But yeah, then Peter's like, "It's because you love this bony bear wannabe," which cracked me up. But the line that kills me and melts my heart is when Peter tells LJ, "You were never second best," yeah. and he like leaves, and I I'm know. just like, I clutch my heart, which sounds <laughs> so dramatic, but like it's just so sweet. And, like, exactly what I would want Peter to say. Uh-huh. He's finally saying exactly how he feels to her. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, can we unpack that scene, though? Like, Yes, let's. This is every girl's dream, okay? To have men fighting, <laughs> right? Like, come on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah, two we want to be wanted. Fighting over. Mm-hmm. Also, when you were mentioning that, I was thinking about, like, the earlier scene when he drops her off from the diner. And then Josh is like... Did you just drop her off? He's like, kind of looks like it. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's kind of like sowing the seed. He's like, yeah, let's let him think that I'm hanging out with LJ, which I kind of love because it's so mm-hmm. hot. <laughs> it's so attractive. <laughs> because like the way he does is like so sexy. I'm like yeah. totally like aging my mental <laughs> state right now. But also I love that he drives a, a, a Jeep because like, of course he drives a Jeep, you know? <laughs> so adult of him yeah it's so adult and it's so sexy like come on mm-hmm. very manly oh my goodness yeah i like that scene so legit val like i'm not even joking one of my questions that i wrote in my notes and i'm going to pose to you Tell me. is is peter perfect <laughs> like i was watching this and i was like why do i love this character peter so much and it's like it's because he's almost perfect it's very grand i mean Mm, you know mm, mm, mm. no 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 i i I like it i like the question like by the end you mean yes yes as a whole because i didn't like him like he was still talking to jen throughout you know like he was still obviously hung up with her i mean sure he might have like officially broken up with her at the ski trip but yeah he was still talking to her and i guess that was part of the whole why they did it to make her jealous 
Okay, hold on. Is he perfect? What's not perfect about him? I think that's why I asked the question. Because, <laughs> like, there's so much to like about him than to not like about him. What is there not to, like, gee? <laughs> I mean, I should caveat as a 17-year-old. Like, not Peter as a man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a 17-year-old. Is Peter Fair. perfect as a 17-year-old? Like, Fair. He's everything that I think I would have wanted when I was that age. Like, he's seemingly close with his family. He's popular. He's cute. Oh he's gosh, in he tune might... with his emotions and his feelings. He's respectful to LJ. He cares for her family. He's respectful to her dad. And just like, <laughs> I probably am coming off like so ridiculous. Shoot. No, I'm not saying you convinced me. He's perfect. <laughs> I'm there. Well, I'm Settled. glad that you've come to that Settled. conclusion as well. He's because like it was a legit question. I was like, is he though? He is. I can't think of anything that he, that I didn't like about him. Yes. I think that's where it comes from. Gee. That's a good one. He's a good guy. Good guy. Peter Kavinsky. <laughs> oh, man. I need a Peter. One other favorite scene of mine is a little bit silly. Shout out to Dr. Covey, dad, who's played by John Corbett. Mm -hmm. He gives LJ the sex talk. So awkward. I love it. That scene was hilarious. Gives her a bunch of condoms. Pulling out is not a form of protection. He's hilarious. I just cringed because, yeah, awkward, dad. Right before school trip, handing yep. me a bag of rubbers. Yep. Her reaction is so funny, too. It's classic. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Thanks, dad. I got to get out of here. Yep. Yep. Speaking of the dad, I loved when Chris, like, cornered him in the kitchen oh gosh, and was yes. like, walk me through this, doctor. Loved. I forgot about that scene, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> so funny. Those were the only two scenes that I wrote down just because I had a hard time narrowing things down. It's, it's full of good scenes. It's full of great scenes. Yeah. So in terms of WTF moments, you know, you and I have done a few of these episodes now and historically i have a really long list of wtfs yeah and i find a lot of joy in pointing them out however for this movie i like don't have that many and i'm not even sure about them because i realize this is like a fantasy world for a 16 year old right and right i'm putting a lot of disbelief aside but i found it a little bit hard to believe that lj wouldn't read any of the notes that peter wrote her mm. and she doesn't read them until the end Kitty had, I guess, taken them out of the trash when yeah. LJ would throw them in the trash. But yeah, I was just like, what the heck? I didn't think about that. I guess I just assumed, which she might have assumed, maybe they were blank. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I never questioned that. And then the other one I had was like the relationship between LJ and Josh, which is a hard relationship to navigate. You like a guy, and then your sister starts dating him, yeah. and then like sister and him break up and then like where does that leave you i get it very complicated but they're next door neighbors and seemingly like the timeline fast forwards to like three months but i felt like lj wouldn't have been able to avoid josh for that long that's a good point although there was that one scene where josh came up and she like rolled out of the window so she yes. like actively avoided him you're right you're right and i know they like it was like a line drawn in the sand that LJ was not going to pursue anything with Josh. And that was the right thing to do. But I do think that there's this whole other conversation that could have happened between LJ and Josh. Agreed. Side note, you haven't read the books, have you? No. Okay, so there's three books, obviously. I didn't read the book until after I'd seen the movie. Mm -hmm. But the book is actually a little bit different. Oh. So if I remember correctly... Josh actually ends up liking LJ. Ooh. Yeah, it's kind of twisted, actually. And, like, there's a kiss between the two of them in the book. Okay, so they truly are fighting for LJ at the end. I think so. But then, like, LJ, by that point that Josh kisses her, yeah. she has already made up her mind that she loves Peter. But then it becomes, like, this really weird dynamic between Margot and Josh and LJ again. Mm. But I have to say, I like the way that the movie handled this storyline more than the book. Yeah, I agree. There's this, they, like, were able to achieve a neutral balance with everybody. Yeah. But yeah, what are some of the WTF moments you, you captured? 
So there was the, which I mentioned, like the whole Margot getting really upset at Josh. I didn't get mm-hmm. that. That seemed like out of nowhere for me. And then the next one, it's not WTF so much as like a learning thing for me. <laughs> but the mm. whole thing with the party when her friends like H on P, H on whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh, DMC. yes. <laughs> like I've watched this several times, right? And uh-huh. I've always just been like, oh, that's like obviously something sexual but i didn't bother looking it up but Uh for when i rewatched it today and for this podcast i'm like i should look this up looked it up and i read just this one article that explained it but this article was like you're not alone a lot of people were confused (laughs) and i learned something new i learned what all these things are and i don't tell me tell me i don't know if kids use these terms but h on p is i think hands on penis h on was it b is boobs okay I forgot what are the other ones, but it's basically like the different bases. <laughs> got it. Got it. Yeah. You know, that's really funny because when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is just like young people speak. I don't really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have always made a mental note to like actually look into it. And I'm Same. so glad you did. Same. H up and down on P. Like, <laughs> isn't that one of them? <laughs> right. So, so effectively, it's all in code, but it's not a very <sighs> hard code to crack. I but. Know. Yeah, that just goes again, yeah, to show the innocence. And, like, if we're going to identify, like, yeah, I was kind of like an LJ. Like, what? I yeah. don't know what a lot of those things meant in high school. So I wonder, I truly wonder if kids talk like that these days. Like, is that slang that kids use now? I, don't, I really don't know. That's a really good question. That was a learning experience for me. <laughs> and then my last WTF moment that I noted down, it's not WTF, but I'm just so anal about this kind of stuff. I noticed at least three different versions of the contract because mm. there's like the first one where Peter is writing the word ski and he's like tracing it back and forth, back and forth. So it's like very bold. But the version that they actually sign on those tables outside is a different version. And then the third one that I noticed is when she's tearing it up at the end. It's a completely because the word ski, it's like big so you can notice it. It's written very differently. So there's at least three different versions of this contract. Got it. Yeah. Continuity sake. Continuity. Production needed to get a better hold on that. But that's a good catch. I hate stuff like that. And this is such a silly example, but I hate it when, for example, in action movies, they'll have women in high heels, you know, like Mm -hmm. fighting and running. And you can sometimes see where they'll change into flats, like still black flats to, Mm -hmm. to hide it. But you can sometimes catch it when they'll miss stitching it together. I 100% agree with you. I think the more, like, for movies that I've rewatched a a bunch of times, I find joy in catching, like, those mistakes, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. style mistakes, or, like, sometimes Mm -hmm. in one scene, someone's wearing something, but then a very immediate following scene, like, they're not wearing it. Or, like, the way their their hair is, like, you didn't see them touch their hair, even though they shifted to, Mm -hmm. like, the other person's point of view, they didn't touch their hair, and then you come back, and their their hair is completely different. Yeah. Okay, another thing, and then I'll get off my soapbox. I can't stand, is a pet peeve, when when people go in movies to get a cup of coffee, like buy a cup of coffee, and then they Mm -hmm. drink it and tilt it all the way back. Like, that thing is full. You do not need to tip it back all the way. You tip it a little bit, and it's hot, and you drink it from there. Like, that's so unrealistic. I hate it. You know... That's funny you bring that up because I do actually notice that as well. It doesn't right? bother me it as much, the I think. Shit out of me. But it's like, <laughs> it's just bad acting, right? It is bad it's acting. Like, I know, I know. It's so bad acting. It's like you're, you can't even pretend to drink water I out know. of a cup. Like, come on. You just paid for it. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one who pays attention to these things. No, but it's, you know, if I'm watching a movie for the first time, I might not catch these things again, but it's like upon rewatch and rewatch, you're like, huh, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. It's just, I'm a little surprised at myself for not having a longer list of WTFs, but I think because I'm going to defend myself now, which might be futile, but like, it's a fake relationship. So yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of holes in this relationship anyway, so there's that. That's fair. No, I'm I'm okay with the short WTF moments <laughs> list. Love it. We, we've already acknowledged that there's three books, and we all know that there's a second movie. Yes. Uh, to all the boys, P.S. I Still Love You. And then there's going to be a third movie, Always and Forever, Laura Jean, which my prediction is, is that it's going to come out early this year, 2021, mm. which I'm hoping comes out soon because I think we need it. But what do you think of the ending of this one, knowing what happens in the second one? Okay, that's a good caveat, knowing what comes in the second one. 
No, just kidding. That doesn't change my answer. I, I love the ending. <laughs> I love the ending. It's perfect. Oh, I love her coming to him, confronting him, having the letter, and they admit that they love each other and they live happily ever after. And they walk down the field and there's that great song playing. Like, oh, I love it. It's like so satis- It's satisfying. That's what it is. I literally wrote in my notes, all caps, yes, ugh, so sweet. <laughs> That's hilarious because in my notes I wrote, duh. <laughs> we are the same person. <laughs> oh my goodness. What's not to love about this ending, right? Yeah, it's perfect. Just the way Peter also delivers his, I'm in love with you. Yes. It's just incredibly sweet. Again, I like clutch my heart because it seems so wholesome and like he's almost shy to admit it. And I just love just the way he says it. Oh, it's yeah. just, it's perfect. It's heartwarming. Also like spoiler alert for our listeners, I guess, I don't know, but you and I will be talking about part two eventually at some mm-hmm. point. So, you know, I'm sure we'll be weaving parts of this into the second one. You know it. <laughs> it's just managing expectations for the listeners out there. But I do want to ask like, who's your favorite character? Is there a clear winner in this one? Mm, I don't know. Because, I mean, it's mm. for the both of us, it's down to LJ and Peter, right? Right. I don't know. Both are... For some reason, I, I chose Peter in my notes. Mm. <laughs> but both are... I mean, are, yeah, I get it. So, you know, <laughs> like, obviously, I, I, I asked the question if he's perfect. And, like, so thus, he I guess if my I, favorite? Yeah. If I had to choose... No, now I'm second guessing. As we were talking about in the beginning, LJ is just really confident in her own right. And she stands up for herself and she's, she's like scared to open herself up, which I can relate to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she is close with her family. She's proud of her, of her background. Yeah. Actually, I might, I'm choosing LJ. What about you? Okay. Yeah. I love it. I love that. Like the process that you, you like spoke out loud and I appreciate <laughs> it because there was no clear winner for me on this one. Yeah, it's tough. Everyone's really endearing. Everyone's really sweet. Right. I was even thinking about, like, the side characters. Kitty, sweet, cute. Yeah. Kind of the annoying younger sister. Yeah. Which is, you know, par for course. Right. Dad, Dr. Covey, made me LOL. Yeah. Love that sweet relationship that LJ and her dad have. And, like, dad's also able to open up to LJ a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Chris, you know, her best friend, also just really fun. So funny. Loved her. Lucas was great, you know, but it's not about Lucas. Yeah. So, yeah, I... I... It, there are a lot of good characters in there. Yeah, the other thing about this movie is that, like, and, you know, not talking about the second one, because we, we clearly know who the quote-unquote bad guy is in that one. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, like, no one is bad. Do you know what I mean? Like, everyone more or less has affection for each other, minus Jen, obviously, but there has to be some kind of tension and yeah. some kind of conflict. But right. like even the high school experience is pretty, you know, Tame. mild. Yeah. yeah, I see that. It, it's just everyone seems to be so nice and kind to each other. I didn't think about that. I think that's why I think this movie is like so wholesome and just comforting and yeah. warm and like all these things. It's just like the conflict isn't that big of a conflict that's a good point they like zoomed in on a very specific set of conflicts that high schoolers deal with yeah it's very targeted Mm -hmm. and it works i i will also say that i noticed this time around rewatching it it's like this high school that seems to be in like a pretty wealthy like everyone seem at least all the Mm -hmm. major characters they're all pretty well off like peter's friend that's having that party in his huge house Mm mm-hmm and, you know, like, the Coveys do pretty well, I'd say, judging from their house, the dad being a doctor, but, like, their house is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The fact that Peter can drive a, in his house also looks very nice, and he drives a Jeep. Like, everyone's doing pretty good. No one's hurting. Yeah. That's no also hurting. something I observed as well, is that Dr. Mm-hmm. Covey drives a Jaguar. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, true, true, true. I remember seeing that sign. Yeah. Like, wow, okay. Like, this. these are, like, everyone is very rich. Everyone's very rich. Thus, of course. Of course, they have the luxury to only worry about love. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, school is diverse as well, which is something I always bring up. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I had been invited to parties like that at, like, some rich, popular kid's house. Yeah, I was just like, well, okay, so this is a really weird nitpick, is that 
when they walk into the house for the party, like there's no one in the foyer. It looks like no one's home, but then they walk through one room and that's where everyone's partying. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's a very organized high school party. (laughs) Also, where are the parents? Didn't Peter tell Dr. Covey that the parents would be home? Yeah, that's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, it made me wish, especially in quarantine. Like, I remember days when we went to parties. Like sharing cups, drinking from the same cup. Like, no, like that's triggering for me now. It's It's like, I don't think that that could happen. Yep. Yep. So one thing I didn't mention is the soundtrack. Mm. That's one of the reasons why I really like this movie, actually. Yes. Agreed. First time sitting down to watch this movie. I don't think I recognized any of the songs, but the way I think they styled the movie and like the music choices they made, I was very, very into it. And I have to Uh say like, Music isn't something I usually, like, it's not the first thing I notice. It's upon many rewatches that I start to build relationship with music and songs in movies. But for me, I was like, wow, this is a really, really good soundtrack. It is. It is really good. And I just, like, really like it. I'm with you. I'm with you in in that I think it was shot very well. Like, I'm thinking back to, there are a couple of shots where it's from, like, a bird's eye view. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of like when the bus is driving to the ski trip or when the, it's following her yep. car. Like I just thought it, it it's very beautiful scenery and paired with the music. I, I loved it. I, I remember I saved, I like looked up the soundtrack and I saved the songs to my playlist after watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I, I think I did the exact same thing. I like mm-hmm. looked up the songs on Spotify and yeah. I added them to my list and I was like, does this make me like uh wish I was young, but I love this, the soundtrack and I'm not going to be ashamed of it. So I didn't even answer my own question here, but do you think this movie is a beloved one? I think so. I love it. And I would like to think that the general public likes it for the same reasons that we like it. Yeah. I I mentioned earlier, like, this was one of the first original rom-coms that Netflix put out. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said that there's three of them, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The third one hasn't come out yet, but I don't know if they thought they were going to make more. after this one came out. I think the way the movie ended was, like, to have a cliffhanger, right? Like, John Ambrose rings the doorbell. Yeah. But I don't know if they, like, expected to have the opportunity to continue to tell the story. I mean, obviously, I like it. I think it's a great, great movie. And I I do want to say that this catapulted, I mean, obviously, the fame of Lana Condor and Noah Centineo, who were, like, the hottest things in, like, pop culture for, like, a full year and like continue to be so, I think. Yeah. I pulled a few uh, numbers. So apparently before this movie came out, Noah's Instagram followers, he had <laughs> 0.8 million. Oh, that's pretty and high. It's pretty high. So he was on another show, which I've never seen called the Fosters. And he was oh. like, he's like been around, but oh, okay. this movie like really like overnight. So he had 0.8 million followers, and it leaped to 13.4 million. Damn. Insane. I love these statistics, by the way. Please go on. <laughs> Lana's Instagram page went from 0.1 million to 5.5 million. That's insane. It's insane. So I, I don't have the dates in which these numbers were pulled. They, I think they were pulled in October of 2018. Okay. So this was like two, three months after the movie came out. And I think their numbers are higher, obviously, to date. But like, that's astronomical. Right. And I think this kind of set the stage for like the Netflix overnight sensation kind of thing. That and the fact that Noah was cast in at least the other one. Forgot the name of it. The like perfect boyfriend one. Mm, You know, the dating app one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. Lana's in... Mm, I'm actually not sure if this is before or after, but she's in the the X Men, the new X Men movie, or one of the newer X Men ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think X Men happened before this. Okay. Yeah, I I can imagine that this shot their careers up. And I know, like you and I, like we both love Lana. We have a soft spot for her. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when she launched her YouTube channel. You and I were exchanging some texts. Uh, yeah, her uh, makeup tutorials. <laughs> <laughs> she's so cute. She's so endearing, she and I really, she's... really want her to like succeed and just like get every role that she wants to because I think she deserves it Mm -hmm. and selfishly obviously as an Asian American I want her to have these big meaty roles also just side note like now she's singing I don't really get that oh is she good for her (laughs) yeah like on Instagram she like does these music videos with her boyfriend who's a singer and I think she's also singing original songs now I'm not entirely sure is she good yeah I mean I think she has a very nice voice she's not like 
a powerhouse of a, a voice, but I think she has a good voice. I got to take a listen. I know that she's been dating that guy for a while now, right? Yeah, I think so. I do want her and Noah to be together, though, in real life. Yeah, it's, I feel like <laughs> when they were promoting this movie, like they were kind of tricking everyone, yeah. being like, are we, aren't yeah. we? I don't know. Tune <laughs> know. in and you'll find out. But yeah, no, they were just playing all of us. In that case, Noah, call me, please. Thank you. <laughs> they pulled it off. They're they acting. Did. They did well. They did a good job. Mm-hmm. They sold us on their relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have some trivia points. Mm-hmm. The wallpaper photo on Laura Jean's phone showing her and Peter asleep was yeah. actually them in real life Stop relaxing it. together. Wait. A crew member oh. snapped the picture of them and used it in the film. Stop it. I'm dying. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> candid or staged? I think it was candid. Stop it. You're lying. That's <laughs> ridiculous. That's so freaking adorable. It's so cute, right? But that's also like... I bought into the fact that they were dating in real life because they seem so, like, the chemistry seems so easy. Yes. Oh, my God. I love that. I loved it, right? So good. Noah Centineo improvised the spin scene in the cafeteria where Peter enters with his hand in LJ's back pocket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very nice. Also, can I say, just, like, rewinding back to that, uh-huh. I find that, like, incredibly sexy, too. Like, some guy sticking their hand in my back pocket, like... <laughs> I, I find that very sexy. Yeah, I agree. It's like this, well, as Laura Jean says, it's from The Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Or 16 Candles? Shoot, 16, which one is it? 16 Candles, right? It's 16 Candles. Yeah, yeah. so it's like a, an 80s reference, which I love that she loves these yeah. 80s references. Mm-hmm. Speaks to me in my genre, in my time of life. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think there's an interesting sort of intimacy in that, right? Like he gets totally. to touch her in a very... Yes special place her, her ass <laughs> and... place. <laughs> on her a her h on a <laughs> oh i love it but yeah it's it's sweet but sexy yes in a, in a really sweet way yeah mm-hmm. okay go on with trivia sorry um the author jenny han had to fight for an asian actress to be cast as laura jean what? so when studios were interested in adapting her book to a feature film a lot of the studios wanted to change LJ to be Caucasian. Ooh, that gets me angry. Yeah. And Jenny said that only one studio agreed with her choice in keeping LJ Asian. So she ended up going with that studio. Wow. That so, kind of astounds me. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's also like why I kind of respect this film a little bit is because, and as I said, LJ isn't, yes, she's Asian American, but it's not something we like hear them talk a lot about yeah it's not in the dialogue and like it's just life and i I read a lot of pieces about this movie coming into production and jenny han the author and it's it's like so redundant and i've said it multiple times but yes representation matters and i think it really does because like for me i didn't have this growing up i didn't see any like teen leads being asian american Mm -hmm. And I do think that would have affected the way I view things. I have to think it would because it's it means something to me now. So small choices such as like when Dr. Covey's cooking in the kitchen. Yes. I see a rice cooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never seen a rice cooker in anyone's kitchen before. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's something that I used every day growing up. Yeah, small things. You know, it's just like these very, very small decisions and small choices that I really appreciate. So the fact that Jenny had to like fight for her yeah. protagonist to be Asian American, I like wild. It kind of sucks that these studios still don't get it. And maybe this is me being ignorant, but like the fact that the book itself, it's based on a book and Jenny wrote it this way and 2018 studios are still unwilling to that's uh yeah it's upsetting it is it is it's upsetting yeah all the more reason why like i mentioned a lot earlier about the criticism of not depicting any asian american males and i say again i see that i hear that Mm -hmm. however if this is like where we are and like getting movies made right it's still a win to have like an asian american woman be the lead in this movie so that's kind of where I'm coming from. It's like, we should take the wins I, where I we agree. can. No, no, I agree. I agree. It's just wild to me. It's wild. And of course, we should have more representation in every way possible. Yeah. 
But this representation happens to touch me because I identify with the character of LJ. Mm-hmm. So that's me. Um, Jenny Han, again, uh, the author of the novel, she made a cameo appearance as a chaperone in oh. a scene where LJ and Lucas dance together at homecoming. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, she's the she wears glasses. Okay. And then a small last point of trivia is that Peter Kavinsky saving the bowl of popcorn during the pillow fight with Kitty while they're watching Golden Girls. Yes. Or wait, no. It was uh, 16 Candles. 16 Candles, yep. Was actually improvised by Noah. He saved the popcorn. Just because he wanted to, like in the middle of the take? I guess so. I think maybe it was just like, oh, it's going to make such a mess. And if we have to reshoot this scene, then popcorn's all, I don't know. But I thought, you know, it's very endearing. He saved yeah, the popcorn. That's a nice touch. Because I definitely <laughs> noticed it when he was, yeah, he's like playful. And I love that he spent and spends time with Kitty, the younger sister, and is like mm-hmm. playful with her. And I did notice that. But that, yeah, that's a cool fun fact. That's all the trivia I have. Love it. But I'm sad to say we can start to wrap it up. <sighs> until the next time. Until the second yeah, one. Until the next time. Absolutely. We have two other movies to talk about. <gasps> oh, that's true. But do you have any last takes? Anything else to add? I don't. Other than the fact that what's going to stick with me is the fact that Peter convinced you is perfect. Yes. You've convinced me. There's nothing 100%. to it. <sighs> Peter. <laughs> Sigh. So wistful. He's perfect. He is perfect. But yeah, I, I look forward to talking the sequel with you. And I look forward to watching the third film. Hopefully, maybe we can watch this in person together, depending on when it comes out. Amazing. And the world gets a little bit better imagine that yeah something to look forward to hopefully (laughs) i'm gonna look it up they don't have a release date do they no i don't think so but if i remember correctly the sequel the second one came out almost a year ago it was like valentine's Day. i remember it being yeah near or on valentine's day yep yeah okay something to look forward to and i i like creepily know that the actors are doing press for the upcoming third, like slowly oh. but surely. So that's why I feel like it's going to happen in the next month or two. Oh, I would love it. But thank you so much, Val. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> so fun. To all tuning in, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Romcom Weekly. You can follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And let us know what you think of this movie. What would you rate us on a scale from 1 to 10? And please let us know, do you think Peter is perfect as well? Just putting it out there. And we'll chat with you again next week. Bye.